Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Today we will not be hearing from Master Dave, myself, Gareth, Kareen, Pastor Nikki. None of us will be speaking, but instead we'll we'll be hearing from different ones who will be sharing about their testimonies. So for the first story, the first testimony, so can I just invite Jenny? Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Jenny. So I'm from Whitechapel Homes. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um, yeah, so um, I'm a pharmacist independent prescriber. So, um, yeah, I'm, before I tell you a bit of context about what, um, what an independent prescriber is, um, let me just start with um, why do I feel like sharing today? So, um, yeah, I would like to share about how God has been so good in my life. And I think without Him, I wouldn't be sharing all this today. And without Him, I wouldn't even get um, this qualification called independent prescriber. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so, independent prescriber is someone who can actually prescribe any medication within their clinical competency. So um, it's quite a huge responsibility, yeah. So the course is not easy. So um, in order to get into, um, to enroll yourself into this course, you need to have a minimum of two years work experience, um, relevant work experience, and um, you need to find a prescriber or a GP to be your supervisor. Then you can enroll yourself or you can apply to a university for the course. So um, the hardest part is actually um, getting someone to be my supervisor. So ever since I started working as a pharmacist, um, I've been looking as in like, how can I find a prescriber? What are the ways that I can do? Where should I go? What kind of pharmacy I should be working in? Just so I can get a connection and just to make myself... um, to be at like the highest um, opportunity, you know, to get someone to be my supervisor, yeah. And um, it wasn't easy, even until I came to London, which is about two years ago, I was still in the middle of looking. And it is really tough up to a point I feel like I should just give up because um, I've been praying and I was thinking, no, maybe I wasn't praying it right. So I was like, okay, let's change my way of praying. Maybe I'll get it, you know? But that's wrong, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I've been praying and um, I was thinking like, God, why, you know? Is, is this not for me? Like, do you think this is not something I should pursue? That's why I'm not getting anything. Because I've been sending out emails to so many surgeries, but there's no reply or all I received was just rejections. They tell me, oh, there's no vacancy in the surgery. You know, we can't take anyone. Um, or they would just not reply to my email. And then, yeah, things like that. So many rejections. Yeah. It's not great, obviously, because um, you've been trying so hard. You know, you've been praying. Or all your prayer requests were just, you know, I want to get started on this prescribing course. But nothing came through, even after a year later. So I was thinking, okay, you know, maybe I should apply um, to a new job. You know, maybe I should apply to, you know, to be a pharmacist in a surgery. Then I can you know, get closer with the GP, and then I can get a supervisor. 
But um, yeah, so I went through interviews, and then a lot of them couldn't provide me the job because um, they, could, they do not provide a visa. So then until one day, um, I received this really good job offer. And to be honest, I was thinking, oh, this is the one. Because <laughs> the job, was, well, job offer was really good. Um, the pay was really good. You know, um, the working hours was okay, was good. And um, I actually, um, because the pharmacy has his own, um, its own clinic, so there's GP in there, means I can get a supervisor, and I was promised one. Everything seems to be really good. So I was thinking, yeah, my prayer is answered. This is the one, you know? <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, maybe I should get. And then, um, yeah, so I was praying, and then I was talking to God and thinking, you know, whether this is the right one because I have a bit of doubt. And then one day I was speaking to this um, auntie, and then auntie was like, do you feel peace like, to accept this job? And I think that kind of like gave me that nudge of thinking, oh, actually I don't. And I didn't feel very, like there's a lot of things that, you know, oh, what if this happened? What if that happened? And well, it's a good offer. Why, why am I thinking all this? It's just very weird. Yeah, so in the end, I declined the job offer, and I was thinking, no, God, you don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> I prayed so hard, and then you did not give me what I want. Yeah, I was really, really sad. And then um, I was just thinking, okay, I'll just get back to sending emails to GP practice. So yeah, I started sending emails again, and then one day I was just thinking, why not, you know? Since um, there's no hope, nobody replies to my email, let me send an email to Booth's chief pharmacist. <laughs> So I look up his email on, you know, like all the work, we have like work group, right? So I found out his email from the work group. So I sent him an email and I told my line manager, I sent him an email. And then my line manager was like, you're really desperate, aren't you? I was like, yeah, I'm really desperate. And then I was like, I don't care, I'm just going to send this email, you know. Um, I don't think he will reply, it's okay. So I continued praying. And I was continuing sending emails to other surgery, trying to look for ways. And then one day, I checked my email inbox, and he replied to my email. Wow. Yes, he replied. And he even tagged in um, some other um, like superintendent, superintendent pharmacist, um, the Boots prescriber, um, prescribing team. And obviously, your boss tagged you in the email, right? So you have to like help me. <laughs> so... So they, they started sending me emails as well to see, like, to check out like, what can they do to help me and things like that. And then they actually found me a prescriber from Boots to be my supervisor. And then through that prescriber, um, I found um, a prescriber from a, a GP practice in Wembley. And um, yeah, so I changed the prescriber, um, the supervisor to that GP practice at Wembley. Yeah because it's better to have the experience in a surgery. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I finally found someone. And I was like, oh, to be honest, without God, I don't think all this is happening because a chief pharmacist will not look at some random pharmacist email <laughs> and reply to her. Yeah. So I told my line manager. My line manager did not believe me. So <laughs> I had to show him the email. I was like, look, I actually received an email from him. And then, um, yeah. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a good start. And then at the same time, um, Boots was offering um, 
funding to 500 pharmacies all over the UK. And uh, for some reason, I was one of them. So <laughs> I don't know how, but my manager was like, you know, Boots starting this funding, and I'm sure that you're one of them. And my area manager was like, yeah, I will make sure to put your name there. I was like, oh, great. I have a supervisor. I have someone to fund my course. And with that funding, I get study days as well. So instead of taking unpaid leave, I actually got a paid leave to go to the GP practice and go to uni. So yeah, everything was kind of like falling in place and then it just feel like I feel so thankful, honestly. Like I feel like um, without God and if, if I actually accepted that job offer, things might be different. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I feel like God has been asking me to like just be patient and wait, you know, just follow his timing. Yeah. So that was um yeah. So then I started my course and everything. So it's an intense um six months course. Six months. Yeah, six months. And um yeah, so I was happily started my course, you know, thinking, yes, everything's gonna be so good and then organize everything. And then towards the middle of the course, um the things starting to happen. It's not as smooth anymore. So there's obstacles, there's challenges, things like, because I have a lot of assignment, I have a lot of deadlines. So I'm, I was actually working and studying at the same time. So with all my um, assignments, they all require me to have a discussion with um, my supervisor. To bear in mind that my supervisor is also working as a full-time prescriber. So you, you guys know how busy a GP practice can be. So he didn't really have time for me. So I had to try so hard to be there at Wembley just to get like maybe five minutes or 10 minutes just for him to do the, um, the discussion with me. So I used my day off. I used my um, weekends. Like Sunday after church, after serving, I travel all the way to Wembley. And a lot of time, to be honest, he cancelled on me. I had to come back all the way. Yeah, because it's either he was too busy, he forgot, or um, um, he was admitted to hospital one time because. <laughs> yeah. And then I started asking God. I was more like questioning God. It's like, God, why? You know, you gave me all this, everything started so well. You know, why, why are you doing this to me? Like, did, did I um, get the wrong, you know, wrong sign from you or what? So I, I started asking him why. I kept asking him why and why because I never had so many assignments that I needed to resubmit again. Because um, basically, the university can ask for a resubmission if they don't think my supervisor has provided um, a detailed feedback. If they think like, oh, the discussion time was too short, or your, your supervisor mentioned it um, on the, in the audio recording, but he did not write it out, so you need to redo the whole thing. So then I need to find time again, and obviously all the assignments has deadlines, and I'm working as well, so it, it was kind of like I'm so frustrated, I was thinking, I'm definitely going to fail this, like I'm not going to make it, because it's too much and I, I need too much time from another party as well. And then, um, yeah, I was feeling really bad for him because he, he was so busy, and then every time I'm there, 
I think he he just felt like, oh no, this girl is coming in again, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and up to one point, he was like, which uni is this? I was like, um, University of Leicester. And then he was like, okay, <laughs> why are they asking so much? <laughs> and then yeah, I was asking God again and again, like, you know, why are these happening? Why do I have so many obstacles in this journey? You know, I thought this is the door that you opened for me. And then I started a little bit like, kind of like, you know, at the borderline of oh, maybe, you know, this is not the one for me, you know. And then I started to have issue of trusting him. But um, when I was going through all this, um, I was still talking to God. I was still spending time with him to find out why. <laughs> yeah. So, and then one day, I, I, this worship song reminded me, um, this worship song called I Will Trust. And it has a really um, um, meaningful story behind it. Because I think, I think Sean explained it to me. And I was like, oh. So and then I started listening to this song. Because I feel like, okay, I can relate to this song so much, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was listening to this. I was like, literally, the song is on loop. I was listening to it. I was thinking, you know, I can do it. I will trust you. And then I'll just... I chose to trust him in the end. Because I feel like this must be something... Um, nothing is easy. Maybe this is a challenge that God given to me to, to challenge my faith, whether I, I actually believe in Him, whether I actually have to trust in Him. So, yeah. And then um, I was also doing quiet time, and there's a few verses that um, really helped me a lot. One of them is um, Philippians verse 4, 6, 7. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, hearts, and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when I was reading all this and listening to the song, to be honest, it did, it did calm my heart a lot. And I feel like this is a lesson that I need to go through. This is a lesson that I need to learn as a believer, just so I'll have a story to share with everyone. Because I feel like someone might need this as an encouragement. And yeah, and then in the end, for some reason, I was managed to submit everything before, my, before um, the closing date. Because I remember um, one of the moderators actually sent me an email saying that um, one of the documents was a wrong document. Things like that. So I had to change that before midnight. And that was after work. So literally, like, I checked the email at 9 o'clock-ish, or half 9. And I only have that few hours to make changes and then submit. So I, honestly, I was thinking, like, I don't think I'm going through this. I don't think I'll pass. Yeah. And then in the end, um, I submitted everything, did my um, consultation assessment, everything. And then I was still praying. I have trust um, in him. I was thinking, like, God, I'm just going to put this all to you, and I was like, I've done whatever I can. I'm just going to, I've chose to trust in you. Yeah. And then in the end, I received a qualification. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, um, to be honest, throughout all this, I have learned that um, God can open up doors for you. It doesn't mean that things will be smooth. You still need to go through it throughout the whole journey. You still need to be thankful and you need to humble yourself to him. And you need to really still continue to have time with him because you, we have to remember that all these are provided by him. Without him, 
we do not have all this. Without him, I don't think the chief pharmacist replied to my email. Without him, I do not think that I could be able to um, submit everything just before the deadline and having to pass the, the assessment. I think all this is a bit... So I actually had to like get my friend to double check whether I passed or not because I feel a bit unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, what? What is this happening? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's just a very short story. So thank you. Thank you, Jenny. And um, yeah, so that's just story number one. How many of you have been blessed already? Cool. So without further ado, I'll invite the next person. So I'll get Joe. To come. <laughs> Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Joe. Um, I think yeah. Today I'm gonna be talking about a testimony about how uh, God has been so ever present to me and so faithful to me. Uh, just a little bit of an intro. So uh, I'm a software engineer. I'm from Liverpool. Uh, I've been uh, at Ax London for five years now. Uh, and I'm with Whitechapel Homes as well. Woo! Yeah, um, so, yeah, I've always been... Um, oh, yeah, so if you don't understand me, I'll get someone over to translate it for you as well, because I know there are some people who have issues with my accent, but if not, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll explain to you, to you afterwards. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been a Christian all my life, you know, the very cliche kind of story, like parents brought me up in church, I've been going to church my whole life. Um, but, you know, there's, there's one point in time where I remember, I can't remember exactly how young I was, but it was quite young, it was maybe like 10 or 11, uh, where randomly, as you know, Asian parents do, they ask you, what university do you want to go to? And I was thinking, like, I've, I've barely started secondary school, why are you asking me what university I want to go to? Um, and for some reason, uh, my parents told me that I said Sheffield. Um, and... The only, the only time that you would even know about other cities in the UK at that kind of age is probably, for me at least, it was from football. You watch, you watch football, you see all these different teams, you, you hear about these random cities, you've absolutely no idea where they're from in the UK. Uh, but for some reason, I said Sheffield. Um, so fast forwarding all the way on um, towards applying for university. Um, to be honest, my grades weren't amazing. I struggled a lot um, during my studies because I'm just not academic at all. I hate studying. I, I just want to play games. I just want to do stuff with my hands and all that, like very practical, hands-on kind of stuff. Um, but I, I felt that I should be applying for the U University of Sheffield. Uh, and the, the grade requirements for uh, University of Sheffield was AAB. And I know some of you are thinking, like, wow, that's so low. But... Um, <laughs> But for me, that was high. <laughs> and uh, in the end, I actually got uh, ABC for my, for my A-levels. So I chose like a very nice choreographed um, grade, grading. So ABC is actually two grades under what um, Sheffield was actually asking me for. So it's AAB from ABC. But uh, they, uh, I think just only by God's grace that I was still able to just be admitted into the university. And I just felt it was really God's calling as well that I was meant to be at Sheffield, um, also because of um, what I told my parents when I was really young, apparently. Um, so yeah, when I went to Sheffield, I went to the Chinese church there. It was called SCCC. It was uh, predominantly um, international students, so a lot of Malaysians, a lot of Hong Kong people as well. Um, and I think back then I was just, you know, just a casual 
churchgoer. I just, I just went in because, you know, it's very traditional. Like, I've, I've been doing this my whole life, just going to church on a Sunday. But I think what was more exciting for me is that now I could go to, like, the student fellowship because back when you're younger, you could only go to student fellowship uh, once you started university. So that's why I also started to, to pick up guitar today, and that's why I'm able to just serve in worship today because um, there was a guy who has come a few times to Acts Church called Darius. Um, he was the one who who so patiently taught me uh, guitar. He gave me all these tips. He was just very, you know, kindly just offering up his time just to teach me how to play. And, you know, I've had other brothers and sisters from church as well who've given me hints and tips there to try and improve my uh, on my guitar. Uh, so, yeah, I served week in, uh, week out. Oh, not week in, week out. I served, but I went week in, week out as well. Uh, even... You know, for students, I know like a lot of you, or you might you might find it very difficult to come to church uh, during times where you're feeling very stressed. You got all your exams, you got your deadlines coming up. You might feel you know church is just a secondary thing. It's it's taking too much of my time off on a Sunday. But you know, I, I remember back then, and even now, like people always say, like you always need to prioritize church first, and that uh, God will do the rest. So. You know, despite all the exams and all the deadlines that I had, how much I was stressing over, like, oh, I'm not going to reach, I'm not going to meet the deadlines. I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I, I feel like I haven't revised enough. I, I feel like I haven't absorbed enough information for my exam. I still went to church anyway. And I felt, you know, um, you know, I, I did feel at peace as well. I didn't feel like I was like very anxious to go back uh, to studying. Maybe my, my parents and my brother might call it naivety. I call it blind faith. <laughs> but um you know i i you know even from like a levels um i've resat exams every exam period and um i think you know if, if a lot of you go through um resets you might think like oh you know crap this is my this is my last chance like oh what if i don't pass this like uh you know i'm gonna have failed modules my it's gonna affect my overall score um it might even you know, like, I, I might have to reset the whole year. So um, a lot of the times, like, my, my parents would be like, you, you know, you need to study harder, you need to work harder, you need to make sure that you pass the year. But I, <laughs> to be honest, I kept doing what I was doing already. Clearly, it didn't work before because I had to reset my exams. But I've, I felt, you know, there's a lot of peace and faith in God that I was like, if I just try my absolute hardest, like, you know, I, I can only study, like, a certain amount of, hours a day that like that's just my capacity if i go above the capacity there's no point me doing it anymore because i feel like i'm just gonna you know explode inside uh but you know throughout each uh reset like god has i think just really shown me exactly like he's been with me this whole time and that no matter the result like you know everything is going to be fine like I've, I've got a plan for you everything is just going to work out fine uh so yeah i mean from sheffield i got Two, two things out of it mainly. The, main, the, the first thing was the community. So um, as a few of you might know now, I'm, I feel I'm really strongly led to try and maybe start a community here. I think this was stemmed very much from Sheffield because I believe there there was just a very strong sense of accountability between like, you know, guys to guys, girls to girls. Uh, we had, you know, senior or more experienced people um, in the church there who would be organizing all these sort of like meetups, um, just gathering literally. We literally had like all the guys bunched up in one room. And he, he was literally like, how was your life? No, but like, how was your life really? And then he was expecting <laughs> us to like go really deep into everything. He was expecting us to like say all sorts of like girl problems, all sorts of like guy problems and everything as well. So like it was properly deep. And uh, I think um, 
you know, it's something that I've never really experienced before. Like, it was just something where like, all the guys just got together and were just so happily just opening and sharing all their problems. And I thought it was just really encouraging, um, you know, putting like your pride down aside, uh, just sharing about and just opening up about your life. Uh, so yeah, that's why I started to do that, the community stuff here. And to be honest, when I first started off, it was super demotivating. Like at times, you feel like you were just starting group chats and then you'll be just talking to like a brick wall. Like it's just you just, just talking in the chat. It's like, guys, I was expecting some sort of like RSVPing and stuff like that here. But you know, I've, I, was, I was speaking to like Wingman and like Toby at the time as well. Like it was just super demotivating for me, but they just kept encouraging me to just, you know, go uh, and just keep doing it. And I think from where it started off and where, to it's got, uh, where it's got now, I feel like it's gotten so much better. And I realized like, you know, just at times, you just need that faith just to put yourself out there, even though you're the only person on the RSVP list for like, until like two days beforehand, I feel, um, you know, just, just hosting those kind of stuff and just making it available for everyone. I think people have just told me afterwards that they've been so blessed and thank you for like hosting. And I think that's something that just really encourages me to, to keep doing this further and just to keep going on further as well, because I really just wanted to, to create that fellowship and that accountability for one another. Uh, second thing I got from Sheffield was, you know, the faith that uh, I just basically grew my faith in God. You know, I said before, I had to resit so many exams. Um, and, you know, there was even one exam in my second year where I actually completely failed. And to, to fail a university exam, I feel it's quite hard. Like, the pass mark is 40, right? But, you know, I, I, I didn't get that. And I lost, I lost the credits for that as well. My, obviously, my mom was, you know, super uh, um, disappointed or disappointed and also a bit more, I think, more worried and anxious than disappointed. Uh, just because, you know, it's, it affects my overall score. Like, it, it might seem minuscule in, you know, that small context, but in the wider picture, it could be, you know, something that's really big. So in the end, I, I needed, um, I, I did manage to land a grad job uh, down south. Uh, it required me to get a 2-1 or a second upper class. Uh, and then for me, um, in the first year when I was doing my grades, I was actually averaging... I don't even know, maybe a, a three, two even. Like I was, it was less than 50. Um, so it was, it, was, it was incredibly hard for me to basically bump up my, my grades to try get a 2-1, because 2-1 is basically 61 and above. So, uh, you know, I, I, I worked my hardest. I think my supervisor also saw that. Uh, I did all I could and just put it all up to God. In the end, um, you know, the University of Sheffield actually releases the, the grading system on like how they you know, categorize each person. So you have like your mean score from all your modules that counted. You've got your median score as well. And then I think there's a bit of discrepancy or there's a bit of um, advice from the supervisor as well. Uh, and then I, after I got my results, I actually went back to check you know, if I would have actually have passed. Um, so I calculated all my scores. And then each time I calculated, I got a mean and median of 58, which is basically um, a 2-2. Two -two. Um, but I actually did graduate with a 2-1. So that's actually three marks under, which I think is quite significant in, in, in the, like a wider context. Um, but I, I just feel it's only by God's grace um, and that, you know, that I, I feel that I worked harder in my third year to try and pull up that grade. And I think the supervisor also saw that as well. But ultimately, it was all down to God that I still managed to get a 2-1 uh, and then you know, get the, the job down here. Uh, so yeah, just a quick summary of that. It's like, just say yes to God and he will do the rest. And that's what I learned from that. So, sorry, very, might be a long uh, testimony, but moving on to like my working life now. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so when, when, when I came down here, I actually, I wanted to move down to London, but I slightly missed it and went to Surrey instead. So <laughs> if you don't know where Surrey is, you could ask Toby and Rora. They, they live there and they can tell you how far away it is from like London. Um, but, you know, I, I, I tried to settle down in Surrey. I tried to find, I went to many different churches. Um, you know, luckily I had like Toby and other friends around who could show me different churches. So I was trying all of them, trying to settle in because I felt maybe I needed something a bit of a change because I've been brought up in a Chinese church all my life. Maybe I needed something, you know, a bit more local as in like more like British or like something with a bit more like similar culture to how I was brought up with. <laughs> so I, I tried really hard to like, um, you know, find a church which is a bit more local, try to fit in. But, you know, I can never really find that church until one day Toby did ask me to come to church, uh, Axe Church, and I was like, okay, fine. To be honest, I was quite reluctant to come because I was like, I wanted to try and, uh, you know, mix in with more of the locals. Um, but I think when I came here, it was, it was during summer, June 18, June 18. Yeah, so um, during that period as well, like the church was quite quiet um, because a lot of students have gone back. Uh, back then, it was predominantly quite studenty, I think. So, um, you know, when I came to church, it was like, oh, okay, there's, 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 there's about maybe 30, 40 odd people. But I think what really inspired me the most about Axe Church was like how much effort everyone just put into the production of, you know, how everything goes on the scenes. Like you can see, like everyone um, serves a lot. A week in, week out, we bring the luggages here. And obviously, I didn't see that at the time, but I saw like, wow, this to me, like I've seen churches who... Um, or like a few hundred people big, uh, but they don't even put too much effort into their to their worship. But uh, I saw here that there's so much effort that's put in. We didn't even have like online worship, uh, online service back then as well. So I thought it was just really amazing just to see like how everyone had such a fire and such a passion to set up church every single week. And I think that was what really inspired me to kind of stay because I felt there was just something different in this church like you could see like the people were so passionate for God like um, you know everyone was just singing everyone was just dancing along everyone was just shouting clapping it was just it was just completely different to the kind of churches that I had and like the kind of feeling that I've had in that I got from our church would be from like super churches where there'd be like thousands hundreds of thousands of people so I thought to do it for just you know 30 40 odd people I thought was just really incredible uh, so yeah I, I thought I thought this was also a calling for me is because I've never really been to like massive, massive churches as well. I've always been to like smallish, medium-sized churches. So I thought this could be a church that I could really impact and hopefully I've done that. Uh, but, you know, the main reason why I came down to the South was actually because I wanted a job in London. So after about a year and three quarters of being in Surrey, I decided to actually try to look for a job in London. And I, I remember at the time I started to look for a job in January 2019. And this is also when, like, you know, Gareth and Corrine also just came to the UK as well. And, you know, Gareth has a lot more experience than, than me um, in, in terms of, like, his field. But he, I remember he was sharing about how he, he struggled to find a job for so many months. And I think he, he was also going through the same kind of struggles as I was. Like, he's very demotivated. Like, why are we getting uh, lots of uh, interviews, but no one's actually accepting me? Um, even despite all the kind of experience that you've built up. And I just remember one uh, Sunday, I can't remember whether he actually got a job yet or not, but he did say, like, you know, it's, you, you should just pray and just be okay with the result. Like, no matter what the result, just be okay with it. And I think that just, for some reason, that really just hit me hard. Like, you know, I, 
not to like brag or anything, but you, I got a lot of interview requests, but I never got through any of them. Like, it, it just shows, like, you know, just like how Jenny was before, she got so many rejections, right? But I think you just keep going through and just, you know, just pray and be like, you know, the rejections are okay. Um, it's okay no matter what the result, just, just let me be okay with it. And then in the, uh, at the time as well, because um, Steve, my brother, was also coming down to, um, to London. Um, so he was coming down for an internship job or intern. Um, so he was coming down and starting in June. So I wanted to try and get a job from before June. So this is Jan all the way to June. Um, just so, you know, when talking about like living situations, it'd be easier if we just like live together and then you could probably save a bit of rent as well. Like just, you know, one bed flats and stuff like that. Um, so I, you know, I tried so hard to look for jobs and, you know, there's multiple times like during like um, back then I was at South, South Kent Homes and then there was times I would get calls from recruiters during that time and I'll be like, oh, it's going to be another rejection, isn't it? And then there'd be so many times where like, you know, you've just been rejected, but then you still got to put on a brave face for, for Homes. You still got to be like, you know, God is so faithful. God is so like, so amazing. He works in our life. You're going to share. You're going to listen to about how God is working in other people's lives. It's like sometimes it's, it can be just, you know, demoralizing at times. But I think, you know, through that, um, you know, God has his own timing, and eventually, even though you might feel like it's, it's, it's not the right timing for you, or you, this is the right timing for you, I feel like God has his own perfect timing, and you just got to wait and see it out. So in the end, I did, I did manage to land a job, um, so I started um, in June on exactly the same week as Steve actually started his intern, not planned at all, so I really think it was just God's plan uh, just coming into place because we also had to get the flat sorted out as well we got the flat sorted out a week before uh, we actually moved in so we had to organize everything to move all my stuff uh, move all his stuff as well get settled in you know all the logistics and stuff like that so I really think that part was really God's plan because it just seemed too much of a timely coincidence for everything to happen and just to fall into place um but yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, I've actually had like four different jobs since I've had, uh, since I've been in London. Like I feel, um, you know, in, in my field specifically, I feel like it's, it's nice to keep moving around a lot just so you can get a bit more exposure. Uh, I know some of you might think like just staying at one job is, the, is like the more loyal thing. You might learn a lot more stuff. But I think the main thing that I got out of it is that every time you like, it's never easy to leave a job. It's never easy to tell someone that you're leaving. It's like, you know, when you're leaving, like, school, you're leaving, you know, church, for example, if you're going, to, going back home, you might be moving to a different city, moving to a different church. It's never easy to say goodbye, right? And each time um, I would go for interviews, I would receive, like, an offer, for example, and then I would feel a little bit stressed. I would, I'm not sure exactly what I should do because I feel fortunate enough that each time I've always had really good teams, really good bosses. Like I've always hear I always hear like horror stories about people, you know, saying that you know their bosses are horrible, they wanna they don't speak to me, they don't do anything, they uh just really mean to me all the time and even just colleagues as well. Uh but I, I just think it was just I was just so fortunate that, you know, throughout all these different jobs that I've had, um, you know, the, the the common thing is that I've always had really good managers and really good colleagues who uh are just able to, I'm able to learn from, and that they're able to learn from me as well, so it's kind of like a, a two-way thing. Um, but, you know, the, the main thing that I did before I accepted, or every time I got an offer, is that I prayed. I prayed to God and made sure that, you know, God, if this is the right thing for me, then just let me be okay with it. Let me at peace with it, just like how Jenny was sharing about her just being at peace as well. And 
each time I think, you know, people always generally like look for signs. They always want to be like, oh, uh, God, if, if this job is right for me, then, you know, you give me the right pay, you will give me like the, the right, um, you know, benefits, like the recruiter will give me a call within like the next day or so. But I think it's not just about science. Sometimes it's just about, you know, praying about it and just taking that step forward of blind faith. You don't know exactly what's going to go on, but just, just say yes. Yeah. So once I said yes, I felt, you know, at peace. And then when I look back in hindsight for each of the jobs, I realized, you know, it was actually a, a really good thing that I said yes to each of these jobs because some, something drastic would have happened. Like in my first job, the company kind of went down and under. So I was like, okay, luckily I got out of there. Um, but, you know, I think it was just really amazing just like how when you just say yes, then God will just do the rest for you. And I think it's similar to what I said with the uh, student as well. Like you just, just, just say yes, just follow God, and then he will do the rest for you. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, just to wrap up, I think times might be frustrating. Like Jenny said, like, you think, you know, these jobs, like, they come at me. They could be the right thing. But at the end of the day, like, God knows best. He knows the right timing, and he will just always guide and lead you. So I just hope that it's encouraged someone, like, maybe someone who's going through this period as well. And that, you know, results don't always mean everything as well. The, God will always have a plan, no matter what results you get. And even if you fail exams or anything else as well. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for sharing that with us. Cool. You guys got time for one more testimony, one more story? <laughs> so maybe I'll, be done. I'll just invite Rachel to come up and share her story. Hi, everyone. My name... Yeah. <laughs> My name is Rachel. I attend South Kent Homes. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm on this stage quite often sometimes, but always in that corner where I like to be. So I think this is actually my first time standing here speaking to everyone. So a bit nervous, but it'll be a good time sharing. Amen? <laughs> so um, some of you might have already heard Bits and Bob before, but today I'd like to formally share how I've got my current job now in a software startup. Um, and yeah, just really how God has provided for me and time and time again shown his goodness. As long as we commit our thoughts, our prayers, our worries to him, he is so true to his word. So before my current job, I was actually doing an internship in Imperial. And I feel like getting this internship itself was already a testimony because there was so much favor. There was really, God orchestrated everything for me to get this internship. But... Um, that's for another time. <laughs> yeah. So Imperial College, um, it's a good workplace, good uni, very good team. Um, but the only thing is this internship was not permanent. It was only for a six months role. And some people think six months is a long time. It's half a year. But I think for people like me, six months is not very long, if you think about it. <laughs> so um, I said this thinking like, okay, I need to start looking for jobs quite early on. And so about two months in, I started applying for jobs. Um, I actually got a job offer, and it was quite a good company, I think. Um, on paper, it looked good, but I actually turned down the job. And this was because after praying about it, I didn't feel at peace with it. But I felt that I was very conflicted because I felt, God, why would you open this door if, I didn't, if you didn't want me to take it, you know? Like, why? And then <laughs> I also felt internally, why? Why? Why if, what if I don't take this job? What if something 
what if nothing comes after this? And that was a very real feeling that I had, especially for someone that has left a previous job before. That was also the same worry that I felt. So I didn't really understand why, and I was really struggling internally to believe that God has a better plan for me. But I felt that I had to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and really just turn down that job. So I, I did turn down that job. And then in the following two months, I actually had two final round interviews. And I was thinking, oh, this might be it. And this is around December last year. And I remember thinking, because, oh, I'm going home in January. It would be so nice to go home with a job offer. I can relax. I can tell my mom and my dad. You know, just that kind of thinking. You know, Christmas is coming, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I spent quite a bit of time preparing for the assessments, not just the interviews, you know, the prep, that kind of thing, but spiritually as well. So it's like, thank you, God, for these two job offers. Thank you for bringing me through. Thank you for all this, all that. And I pray that, you know, as I prepare, you will go before me and lead the way, you know, that kind of thing. But, and I was very hopeful, but long story short, I didn't get any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a very big struggle because I felt that I did so many things right, you know. I prayed, I did all this prep, but I didn't get anything. And um, one of these job offers was actually for a permanent role for the internship that I was doing. And I mentioned previously that it was really God's favor in me getting the internship. So I think I had created this scenario in my head where I was like, oh yeah, God, this is meant to be, I'm meant to be here, and then it's, you know, permanent, but I guess it was not. And yeah, uh, I think internally I felt very confused, uh, maybe a bit angry. I felt, I felt very misled by God, like, why would you do all this? But I still didn't get any, I didn't get the job offer. So the next couple of months actually going through at that time, I didn't really see or really understand. But I think now looking back, it was a very growing, very humbling process. Um, it was really learning to stop planning, stop, being, stop wanting to be in control, you know, letting space for God to work. So instead, I tried to focus my time on other things. I tried to be more excellent at work be more proactive, speak up more in meetings, you know, take charge of projects, stuff like that. Try to be intentional with people, be like, hey, let's catch up, let's go for meals, and really trying to put more time into church as well. So started being more active, started, yeah, just basically non-work stuff. And I think now looking back, I felt that, oh, maybe I was trying to be very positive about it, but I think sometimes I felt very deflated. Sometimes I felt like, oh, no, like, what am I doing? Um, and I think in times like this, I usually tend to try to brush off my feelings and try to sweep it under the rug. Um, so at the start, when I felt like that, I thought, oh yeah, maybe just leave it. <laughs> but I think towards the end, I, I just really turned to God in prayer and, and really in worship as well. So yeah, so that went on for a while. And then only towards the last month of my internship, I started looking for jobs again, being fully aware that there's not much time until my time is up. And one day, I received an email for an initial chat, which sounds really dodgy, but I went for the chat, and it actually, afterwards, came several rounds of assessments. And I feel that this whole journey was a learning process in itself. So I remember the first assessment, it was a math-based assessment. And because it was math-based, I went to ask Toby, because he obviously graduated in math in uni, but even he couldn't do the questions. <laughs> But you know what? Somehow, by God's grace, um, I got them done. Wow. So, <laughs> woo! yeah. And then, 
Yeah, and then the second assessment, I remember this so clearly. They sent me a PDF, and it was four questions. So I had to do two questions. And one of the questions was to build a functional prototype. And I remember asking Kareen, I was like, what does this mean? And Kareen's like, I don't know either. And, <laughs> and now I can tell you what it means. But at the time, I couldn't. But somehow, I just managed to, oh, I forgot to say one point. At the bottom of the PDF, after all the four questions, there was this phrase, this sentence, and I'm reading here. Successful completion of this stage will result in a final interview with a 50% chance of receiving an offer. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, what does it even mean? <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of frustration, a lot of patience, but you know, with God's guidance and God's wisdom, I got them done. Um, yeah, and I won't go very much into the final interview. I felt that it was very interesting, it was a bit confusing, very many other words, but... What I want to focus on is really the two weeks after, two or three weeks after the interview, where I didn't hear anything from the company. It was just radio silence. And I felt that this, this time period was where I struggled the most because I really, really, really wanted to know what the outcome was. But I knew also inside that I had to give God the space to do his work. I, I had to let go. And I also wrote here that remembering time and time again how he has come through again and again and again and again in so many unexpected ways. And, and it's always his timing that is right. So why can't I trust him again? It's just another test, another challenge for me to go through. So it was a lot of this kind of internal dialogue, but it was also a lot of you know, self-reflectance, a lot of prayer. And yeah, I did get an offer. Um, <laughs> I did accept the job, but I think what I really want to highlight is that I really want to give God all the glory for all the different assessments, interview prep, all the different conversations that I had. Some, some I understand now, some I still don't understand now, <laughs> but, but he knew were necessary to get me to where I am now with a job, you know? Yeah, so... In homes, we learned that God always puts us in situations where we need Him more. And through this job hunting season, I felt that I really had to, you know, trust God more, just really rely on Him. And through this season, I really felt to understand His nature and how um, He's the only one that can really give me peace, true peace that surpasses all understanding, even sometimes when I don't understand. And it's only when times where I felt, oh, I felt really low, I felt like hit a brick, brick oh? brick wall, that <laughs> God is the only one that can give me peace and comfort, you know, and relief as well. And, and I don't have to know everything as long as I turn towards God. And I want to leave you with a small background story. So when I moved into my old flat, not the one now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, the room, so it was just a room that I was renting out, and the room is completely empty, so there's nothing else. Except for this one hanging thing on the wall, which you can see there. And I remember when I first moved in, um, Sam came in the room. He's like, oh my gosh, Rachel, you have this hanging. But it was not mine. But <laughs> basically, I don't think it was a coincidence it was there. And let me just read out what it says on the hanging plaque. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And yeah, so when I moved in, the plaque was just there. And sometimes throughout the whole course of uh, finding this job, I would lie 
can I have the first picture on the bed there? <laughs> and you can see the plaque. So it was also a very good reminder that, you know what, as long as we trust God, He really, He has it all planned out for us. And I'm just really in awe of how throughout this whole process, like how, how did this all turn out? It's really up to God. So even for my job now, I still find it hard. I still find it challenging. But you know, I'm still continuing to trust God and trust this process and believing that, you know, He's placed me here for a reason. And I hope my testimony is an encouragement for you. Um, as much as it is sometimes, as, oh, as hard as it is sometimes to trust and believe in God, you know, but He's so worth it because He's the only one that can bring you true peace. He's the only one that can orchestrate everything perfectly for you in His timing. And we can see how He really, as long as we face towards Him and point towards Him, He really, He has everything planned out for you. So hopefully this encourages you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Rachel. How many of you have been blessed by her sharing as well? You know, God really is, His Word says that His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And yeah, like we said, we can have plans and we have, in, in our head, like I like what Rachel shared, I imagine it to be this way and the testimony be amazing and all that. But, and that's our ways, right? And that's already good. What's not good to have a job before Christmas and to be able to celebrate that and that like, sounds like the perfect setup. But God's, way, God's words say that His ways are even more higher and His thoughts are even more higher and that's God's promises to us. Amen? Amen. Now, how many of you have been blessed by today's session, today all the different people that have been sharing? Um, and it's really how we want to learn. It's not hard to share our story. Isn't it? Uh, as you can see, Rachel said she was nervous, but I did not see any nervousness at all. Uh, it's because we're sharing what God has done in our lives, and that's just natural because it just comes out naturally of us. And we hope that today, even as we hear different ones sharing his, our story, it will lead us to us being able to share to different people God's story at the end of the day because the world around us needs to hear His story. Amen? So even as we close up this session, can I just invite the worship team up as well? No, even as I was preparing for this last um, preparing today, um, I maybe different different ones of us have here testimonies, and you've been blessed at the same time. But at the same time, maybe you are going through different challenges, different brick walls, different roadblocks in your life, and you hear these testimonies, and you're like, "Wow, God, it feels amazing." But what about me? <laughs> you know, um, in that silence, you know, we can go back and be inspired, but if we go back, there's still that almost silence from God almost that rejection. And today, or maybe you feel like, God, I don't feel that there's a testimony that's coming out, that's, be, that's able to come out from my situation. And I feel that God wants to minister to one, different ones here today. Uh, so can I just invite you, maybe we can stand and worship. But if that's you today, why don't you begin, even as we I'll, we'll pray, we'll worship, but why don't you begin to surrender that to God? You know, God, even as we hear, even Joe, Jenny and Rachel, Sharon, that's just, that's just three people. But I believe all of us have a story. But, you know, why don't you just surrender and say, God, I hear the stories. I hear what you are doing in people's lives. I hear how you have come true again and again. But, what I, I, what, but sometimes what you're saying in your heart is, what about me? What about me? It feels my situation. It feel, feels almost more impossible than theirs. And God today's, today wants to reassure you. God wants to give you faith again. You know, the Bible says it's just as faith 
as small as a mustard seed that he wants to deposit and that's enough for him. And he wants to give you that faith and that strength to press on, to hold on to his promises. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.